Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360, and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by James Bent, VP of Solutions Engineering at Virtuoso, and we're going to be talking about the low-code movement of SaaS. James, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Matt. Really pleased to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to have you. Good to have you. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I am James Bent and yeah, I, I'm leading up the solutions engineering team, which uh, at uh, Virtuoso. So number one, Virtuoso, we're a, a, we are a codeless, low-code test automation platform for testing browser-based applications. And I'll explain a little bit more on that as we sort of talk through the interview. For myself, I do, uh, yeah, I lead the solutions engineering team. We've got a global team of solutions and sales engineers who are basically assisting our customers and prospects to know how to use the platform across all different sorts of uh, applications and, and testing needs, but also importantly, sort of the value and benefits you get from the platform. So it's, um, yeah, really lucky. I've been here for just over a year now. And uh, yeah, we're having a great experience, which I'll be glad to sort of share in, uh, as we talk across the uh, the interview today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to sort of jump straight into it, you know, sort of in the last couple of years, what are some of the trends that you've been noticing within the testing industry? Yeah, so really, I mean, a lot of it, well, I suppose one side is automation, of course, which testing automation is not a new thing. You know, it's been around for decades, but typically it's really been focused on predominantly coded automation. So the likes of frameworks like Selenium is pretty much the most popular one that everybody knows of, but it is a code-based framework. You know, you have to know how to write code to use it. But then on the flip side, there have been recorder applications. You know, you click record and start recording what you do. But they've never really sort of either been like Selenium being coded as it's it's great, it's flexible, but it takes a long time and you have to be someone who can do code. Recorder apps, they're sort of very quick and easy to use, but they tend to break a lot, you know, and that that's sort of quite, quite a, pr- a prominent trend. However, in the last couple of years, with platforms like Virtuoso, the use of things like robotic process automation, but also AI machine learning has actually meant that the technology in testing and automation has suddenly caught up to the point where it's almost like the platforms are doing what you would think they should do. I'm able to write tests and run them again and again, where it can be a layperson doing that. You know, With our platform, you write in natural language. So you don't really need any automation skills per se. And that's a really hot sort of trend we're seeing, not just with us, but with, a, with, with other platforms in different types of testing. But also another aspect, another key trend is actually that testing itself is gaining more prominence because people realize they have to assure quality, particular, particularly quicker as, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the, the trends in low code as well, but it's as development starts getting quicker and quicker and delivery gets quicker, people need to be able to assure quality and do that wider, faster, but also more cost-effectively. They're, they're two of the biggest trends we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, sort of headlining all of this with the low-code movement of SaaS, you know, can you, can you just sort of speak a little about, 
you know what that kind of entails yeah absolutely i mean and it's it's really i mean low code is you know so you, you sort of get coded low code no code where you know coded obviously is writing literally coding whether you're developing or testing it's literally writing lines of code to perform that task no code is when you're literally just going into an interface and always it's like dragging and dropping or there's just absolutely no sort of real technical skills required to call a tool and, and you sort of think you've got two ends of the scale i mean obviously coding is incredibly flexible no code is tends to be less flexible because you can only do what someone has created for you to sort of drag and drop or do in a no code way low code is sort of sitting nicely in the middle there where it's saying you're getting the benefits whether it's robotic process automation or using natural language to be able to then actually define what you're doing and almost sort of do the things, a lot of the things you can do in code, but without having to sort of write code, if you like. And we're seeing the low code movement is not just, you know, like a platform like Virtuoso and testing. It's also, I mean, you know, you get these platforms in development for delivering business applications, whether it's platforms like sort of a QuickBase or a Pega or an Uncork or a Mendix OutSystems. These development platforms, which now mean you can deploy sort of big business systems, CRMs or ERPs or other applications at really sort of, you know, at speed, much faster than you could do before developing those applications in a coded way. So you can deliver faster. But then, you know, the flip side of that, of course, from, from our side, the testing is you have to be able to test it sooner. But what it is enabling is you can deliver those services and applications much sooner and in a much more sort of consistent way, but at a sort of fractions of the cost and, and at certain fractions of the time of time to deliver those as well. And that's just, you know, I think a few years ago, low code was probably a, a dirty, dirty word or term that people were either saying you're trying to replace dev developers or it's, it's not that good. But actually what we're seeing, because we're used for testing low code as well, is that what you can do now with low code is incredibly powerful and it doesn't, you know, people are realizing it doesn't mean that developers are out of a job. It's just letting them now do really smart stuff instead of just building the sort of the basics, the, the building blocks of really great applications, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make. I know sometimes it can kind of come across with low code and no code as though you're, you know, demonizing coders, but it's not necessarily the case. Um right. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, so when it comes to that kind of SaaS DevOps challenge, um, how can QA leaders work better with developers? Yeah, so, I, I, and I, so I, I mean, just to sort of explain a bit about my background before I came to Virtuoso, I did work in a, a SaaS platform. It was more of a sales platform that was being delivered. I was in sort of an ops pre-sales, but also I, I did a QA role for a time. So I could sort of, I, I have seen from personal experience what it's like to work in QA and obviously with the hundreds of prospects and customers I talk to and the team, we also see sort of how you get development teams and DevOps, but also then QA teams, how they interact. And frankly, I think QA has never really been seen as kind of, you know, frankly, a, a really valuable side. I think there's always has been this sort of tension between developers and QA, you know, developers see QA as people who are marking them without necessarily understanding, you know, how all the work that's gone into the code and sort of things like that. So there's always been this tension. However, I think now people are starting to realize that actually testers, QA resources, people 
are actually there to try and ensure that delivery can happen faster, but also sort of do things like try and eliminate tech debt and so on. So I think it's about ensuring that you get this, you know, as much as you get within dev, DevOps, developers and, and the operations working together. It's also about getting the QA teams working together, but also, you know, there's this term which is about the three amigos, which is sort of the product teams, you know, the business users and the developers and the testers coming together to actually start saying it's, you're not doing siloed roles, you know, you're designing products and services which are going to be developed, developed, but then also the testing and then moving them to operation. It's, it's part of a whole cycle. So I think it's just the understanding that actually people are there to work together. And when you have that sort of communication and the transparency around, here's what's being planned, here's what's being developed, and here's what should be tested, and everyone's working together, then you just simply see, I mean, it's, it's probably like anything. When you, when you actually decide that you're going to work together, then you can start delivering really well. But I think a barrier to that as well has been that, you know, developers, if they are doing, you know, coded development, I mean, yeah, things have changed for them to an extent, but if you like, they've always been developing code, whereas testers have always traditionally had backlogs because you're either manually testing, which you're never going to keep up with development, or you've been using these sort of coded frameworks, which are slow, or a recorder apps, or other means, which is either it's been slow or it's broken, so you've had to spend time fixing it, which means I think testers have always been under pressure to just get the job done, you know? Whereas now we're seeing that actually through technology like ours, you can enable testers to now actually keep pace, even you know in sprint, to be able to test, and therefore you're not being seen as the testers being you know the the blocker to getting things released. They now they can work together because they've got the technology and means to do so. And, yeah, and you know, speaking of kind of like testing in the kind of world of testing, I, I also saw the news that Virtuoso um, launched live authoring, um, and it's going to, as you guys put it, you know, put the software testing world by spot, storm. Yeah. Um, could you sort of tell the listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah, and then look, it's you know, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of um, give the marketing team grief because you know, marketing team <laughs> can be can be at times, you know, um, sort of um, guilty of hyperbole, you know, where they're kind of, you know, well, everyone's got the best thing that's going to take it by storm. I'll tell you what, though, I mean, I, I generally I joined this organisation because uh, even before we we launched live authoring, which I'll talk about in just a second, I looked at the platform and I was like, if that works, having experienced this and having experienced other forms of automation. This is actually genuinely different. You know, it's, if it works, it's going to be great. Now, that was pre our live authoring where, yes, you can write tests in natural language, but you kind of, as you were writing them, you had no idea whether what you were writing was going to work until you got to the end of the script and press play. And then you'd have to go down and start debugging it and fixing it. And it was like, well, okay, that's, that's good. But we all knew it could be better. And so we put together uh, live authoring. And what that means is that you can both be writing tests, you know, literally if you've got a web application, an e-commerce store where it's got a, a product that you want to click add to bag, you can just start firing it up and saying navigate to the website and then literally write click on add to bag. And the unique thing with live authoring here is in combination with that natural language and then using robotic process automation to run that, as you write that step, it goes and executes it immediately. So you immediately see, right, I've written that step and it goes and runs it. Okay, it's clicked on add to bag. I know whether it passes or fails immediately, each step. 
And that's actually, you know, in some sense, you kind of listen to that and people who may not be sort of, you know, have a lot of experience or knowledge of t automation may listen to that and go, well, isn't that how it should work? You know, isn't that what it should But the amazing thing with automation is that's never existed before, you know? The closest to it has been recorder applications. As I click, it records what I did, but it doesn't tell me if that works until I, until I then press play and I play it back and find that it breaks because it's actually quite complex to identify these elements, you know? So with us having this means to, to write the step, then it executes and see it passes, but also just be able to do things like click on the screen. Well, you know, why do I even need to write the step? I could just click the add to bag and it writes the step for me, click on add to bag, then it runs it and shows me that step works. Or if it doesn't, it immediately says, well, that didn't work. I can click fix step and then just click on screen of what I meant to interact with. So it's this sort of live feedback really is now giving this means to be able to do, you know, the, the people that are looking at the platform are telling us it gives them the means to do in sprint automation. And this goes back to sort of the previous question around how can sort of developers, DevOps and testers work together. Well, now, if you think about it, if as soon as a developer releases the, the features, you know, they've developed and a tester can fire up Virtuoso, go to the site and just start writing the test, step, test steps against the new feature, immediately know that what they're writing is working automation. And then by the end, by the end of that script, you know, literally in minutes, they've written a workflow that they can submit and just run now again and again as part of their regression pack. They're now not sort of held up by having to take a long time writing coded, coded automation, uh, but also you know having to sort of spend time fixing their test previously. And I think just very quickly in conjunction with live authoring, the other key thing that we have, which you know is really, all of this is driven you know in some respect by AI and machine learning, is this concept of uh, reducing flakiness of automation which simply means there's this really prevalent thing in automation where as you write a test step, so it might be to click on a button, behind the scenes, the code, there are these things called element selectors. It's all these IDs and sort of parameters that tell you the, the coded side of the element. But in modern frameworks, those can dynamically change. You know, IDs literally are changing as you load the page. So where you've had other automation that's reliant more on the code, that breaks the automation. It's, it makes the test flaky. Whereas for us, we're using machine learning driven algorithms to automatically self-heal that. So not only can you now write tests really quickly and know that they're working, you're not having to spend time fixing all these flaky tests. And because of that, you know, where we are already seeing, you know, we're, we're, we've got a really good number of customers and we're talking to you know, a good number of prospects where the feedback we are getting is that people have never seen anything like this before. And so we can generally say it's not marketing hyperbole and we welcome anybody to come, of course, and have a chat with us and see it or go to our website. It is genuinely a game changer. And, you know, we're just very lucky that we invested over four years now to develop these sorts of capabilities and take us here, which, you know, I wonder if because we are in testing, which has typically not been this area that's had this amazing amount of reverence or investment, you know, I think we're the first sort of people to really say, let's do it properly how it should be done. And so for me, it literally is, you know, taking the world by storm is because I think we are doing testing how it should be done, at least for browser-based applications. Does that, does that make sense? 
To, to be honest, yeah, that, that sounds really good. I've never personally heard of anything kind of like that before that kind of, you know, fixes those issues live. Um, yeah. behind the scenes that's that's really good um well thank you so much for joining us today james it was really really great to get your insights no i appreciate that man Th thanks for the opportunity it's um you know always a pleasure to talk about the platform and uh yeah no but re really pleased thank you yeah of course and, and thank you to everyone listening as well we hope you took a lot away from today's discussion but for further information on what we talked about head on over to virtuoso.qa we'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series but until then Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.